in a galaxy steeped in darkness, where existence is a mere flicker against the ever-consuming void, hope is a currency few can afford. Amidst these countless souls, bound to the grind of labor or the chains of conscription, most will be destined for the meat grinder of war. However, across the countless planets, whispers of the Astartes pierce the gloom. The very mention of these superhuman warriors brings a momentary solace. Their deeds, executed in the Emperor's name, are steeped in mystery and offer, but the glimpses of salvation from a life of torment. Some recount stories of being lifted from the muck and blood, to be destined for greatness and join the ranks of these angels of death. Yet beyond the stories, deeper in the shadows, lies a truth that challenges belief. A clandestine order, unrivaled and unseen. Few ever come to know of their existence, and those who do face a stark reality, annihilation, or a complete mind wipe. Their operations are so shrouded in secrecy that entire civilizations risk obliteration merely by stumbling upon their existence. These silver angels are barely a whisper, a myth. They are the Grey Knights, the demon hunters of the Imperium. Amidst the raging storm of the Horus Heresy, the very heartbeats of the solar system were under threat, Mars, Luna, and Terra itself. Malkador the Sigilite, psychic linchpin and right hand to the Emperor, plotted with cold precision. Chaos, having twisted half of the Emperor's chosen into traitorous marauders, carved swathes of destruction across the cosmos. Billions had been extinguished, and countless worlds lay in smoldering ruin. Every tactical advantage seemed to be with the traitors. The loyalists, those still resolute in their devotion, found themselves desperately holding the line, their backs against the crumbling bulwarks of Terra, Luna, and Mars. But even as battle raged, Malkador's thoughts cut through the chaos of war. He foresaw a shattered Imperium, forever stalked by the shadow of corruption. For this relentless, bleak future, he envisioned a force, a blade loyal only to the Emperor, untouched and untemptable by the dark allure of chaos. In the crucible of war, Malkador's vision crystallized into six non-negotiable tenets. First, these warriors would remain shadows, unknown to Horus and his chaotic horde, until the storm of war passed. Only then could they rise, unscathed to shape the new era. Second, bureaucracy and oversight would be chains they'd never bear. They'd operate beyond the usual channels, answering to none but their own order. Not a cog in the war machine, but a blade held directly in the Emperor's hand. Third, their loyalty would be undivided, to the Emperor and only him. Primarchs with their vulnerabilities wouldn't sway these warriors. Their devotion would be an armor against the seductions of chaos. Fourth, purity of purpose and spirit would be their essence. Absolute in secrecy, their very existence would be protected with a ferocity that rivaled the Emperor's wrath. Any risk to their covert nature would be snuffed out with extreme prejudice. To the universe, they'd be less than whispers. Myths, nothing more. Fifth, they'd have to tread where even the Emperor once hesitated to lead his Astartes warriors. Psychic might, a force both revered and feared, would be their arsenal against chaos. Six, to seal their unmatched strength, they would be granted the ultimate gift, the Emperor's very own gene seed. With a plan as meticulous as it was audacious, Malkador turned his gaze to Titan. On this moon, he would lay the foundations of a clandestine Astartes chapter, an edifice of might and purpose. 
Rising from its surface would be a formidable monastery, its halls thrumming with the relentless labor of servitors and echoing with the aspirations of 100,000 souls awaiting their trials. Malkador's prodigious psychic might would veil this sanctuary, rendering it invisible to prying eyes and ambitious foes. But constructing the fortress was just the beginning. The true challenge lay ahead. The search for the Founding Fathers, the Revered Seven. These Chosen Ones would not only define the Grey Knight's legacy and essence, but also set them on a path carved by fate itself, a destiny grander and graver than any could imagine. To bring this monumental vision to fruition, Malkador first instituted the Ordo Sigilite, an entity removed from the Imperium's labyrinthine bureaucracy. From its shadowed corridors, a more formidable organization would emerge, the Inquisition. These relentless agents, bound by no law but their mission, would delve into the darkest recesses of the galaxy, seeking out and obliterating sources of chaos and corruption wherever they lurked. From the militant heart of the Inquisition would rise the Demon Hunters, the Grey Knights. Their mandate was as clear as it was perilous, to eradicate demonic presences from the material plane and cleanse any that bore even the slightest mark of corruption. But for such a sacred mission, Malkador needed a leader of unparalleled resolve. His gaze settled on Captain Nathaniel Garrow of the now-tainted Death Guard. Garrow languished in a cell on Luna, Despite his storied heroism, he, like all survivors, was a question mark in a galaxy where trust had become a luxury. The pervasive, insidious threat of chaos ensured that even the most honorable could be doubted. Malkador released Garrow from his shackles, his chains now bound to the bulwark against the forces of chaos. Garrow, entrusted with a mission of profound significance, set out to seek seven Astartes whose fidelity to the Emperor was unyielding. One name rose to prominence, Rubio. A potent psyker amongst the Ultramarines, Rubio had for the longest time suppressed his psychic might, adhering to the Emperor's decree. The Ultramarines, unwavering in their loyalty to the Emperor's teachings, demanded nothing short of unyielding obedience. Like all Astartes, Rubio's bond with his brothers was ironclad, a connection that ran deeper than doctrine or dogma. He had chosen to keep his psychic powers ensconced in shadow, even if it meant walking a tighter rope amongst his kin. But in a desperate hour when his brothers teetered on the brink of annihilation, Rubio unleashed the full brunt of his psychic might, a maelstrom that obliterated their adversaries and saved his unit. Yet his act of salvation was viewed through the lens of betrayal. The Ultramarines, staunch in their principles, saw his psychic display as a violation of both their code and the Emperor's edict. Cast adrift, with the weight of exile upon him, Rubio found himself at a crossroads. But in that solitude, a new path emerged, as Garrow, recognizing Rubio's potential and the strength of his conviction, extended an invitation to join an endeavor greater than any legion. Of the remaining cadre, most would be shrouded in mystery, their identities concealed or forgotten by the annals of time. Only one would etch his name in the chronicles of the Imperium, Garviel Loken, former captain of the Lunar Wolves, later known as the Sons of Horus, and once a confidant to the very heart of betrayal Horus himself. To welcome such a figure into the fold was a gamble of monumental stakes, but Loken's actions, as history would bear witness, wouldn't just justify his inclusion. They would crystallize the core tenets of this new order, 
His deeds, both audacious and honorable, would become emblematic of their very essence, a testament to the indomitable spirit the Grey Knights embodied. It was on the scarred and scorched surface of Istvan that Loken would bear witness to an act of incomprehensible betrayal. The planet became a charnel house, subjected to a virus bombardment that decimated entire Astartes legions. The very earth heaved and split, offering sanctuary to a scant few. Amongst those who sought refuge in its dark embrace was Garviel Loken, for readers versed in prior chronicles to which the tale below refers. Loken's intricate dance with Horus is no mystery. As a stalwart captain, his loyalty lay not to the man, but the grand design of the Emperor. In an era when Horus grappled with the weight of being Warmaster, Loken was both a trusted counsel and a fearsome warrior. Yet, as the shadow of corruption spread its tendrils, he bore witness to his legion's descent into heresy, contradicting the Emperor's sacrosanct tenets. Even as Horus succumbed to the insidious whispers of chaos, Loken remained resolute. A beacon of loyalty amidst treachery, he clashed with those he once called brothers. Yet even the most steadfast of warriors can be broken. After the unspeakable events on Istvan, Loken found himself entombed deep within the planet's bowels. Time lost meaning in that lightless abyss. Days became years, and the isolation chipped away at the once indomitable spirit of the Astartes. His psyche fragmented, teetering between sanity and madness. Memories became elusive, identity blurred, survival instincts took over, transmuting Loken into something primeval. He became Cerberus, a sentinel of the underworld, more beast than man. In this desolation, the concept of loyalty, of the Emperor of Horus became distant echoes. Only the primal urge to endure remained. Even shattered and reborn as Cerberus, the essence of Loken beckoned Garrow. Upon their encounter, a battle of both blade and will ensued. Garrow, with unwavering determination, sought to pierce the beastly facade, to reach the Astartes buried deep within. But such an effort was only the beginning. The dread that Loken might be a sleeper agent of Horus, strategically abandoned on Istvan the Three, gripped the hearts of those who discovered him. To mitigate the risk, Loken was subjected to an ordeal that would break lesser beings. Through chilling interrogations and tortures, his loyalty was tested and retested. Each scar inflicted upon him, each scream torn from his throat, became a testament to his devotion. Yet the shadow of doubt persisted, and would do so until Loken's ultimate act of sacrifice. The blueprint of Loken's torment would later inspire the trials that every Grey Knight aspirant would undergo. In those trying times, amidst the cacophony of his fractured psyche, Loken found solace in an abandoned garden on Luna. There, amongst the silent blooms and whispering winds, fragments of his identity began to mend, and while the scars of his mind remained, his loyalty was unwavering. When the call to arms resonated once more, Loken answered. He led a perilous assault on Horus's flagship, the Vengeful Spirit, a mission mired in the anticipation of failure and likely death. In the climactic confrontation with Horus, the Warmaster, ever the Manipulator, offered Loken a seat by his side under the banner of Chaos. But Loken, though outmatched, became the bulwark that shielded his comrades. In his final defiant stand against the overwhelming might of a Primarch, he traded his life for the precious moments that allowed his brothers to retreat. Whispers of Loken's sacrifice reverberated throughout the hallowed halls of the Grey Knights.
it was a poignant reminder. Only when faced with the Abyss does one truly understand the depths of their loyalty. From the ashes of Loken's fiery resolve, the legacy of the Grey Knights was forged. Like tempered steel they emerged, unyielding, steadfast, and with an undying loyalty that would become legendary. The Imperium's stalwart shield against the nightmarish tide of chaos, Loken's harrowing odyssey became the crucible from which the Grey Knights were molded. Each trial he endured, every painful metamorphosis, served as a grim template for their own initiation. His fragmented psyche, his journey of rediscovery, and his ultimate resilience in the face of overwhelming odds were echoed in the rites and rigors each knight would undergo. The path of a Grey Knight is not simply one of martial prowess, but a gauntlet of the mind and spirit. For to face the very essence of chaos, they must first confront their own inner demons, shatter their sense of self, and be reforged in the crucible of adversity. Only then, tempered and true, can they stand as the Imperium's final line of defense. Thus the Grey Knights stand, not as mere warriors, but as sentinels of the soul, an unbreakable testament to the indomitable will of the Emperor's chosen. Titan, a moon of Saturn, harbored a secret of monumental significance. A clandestine monastery fortress, standing silent and foreboding, awaited its destined inhabitants. Within, halls bustled not with the noise of life, but with the silent hum of machinery and the muted whispers of half-lives. Aspirants were ushered in, each bearing the spark of psychic potential, each marked for trials most would not withstand. But Titan's shadowed chambers also held the husks of those who broke under the weight of their testing, minds once vibrant, now hollowed out, reconstituted into servitors, Tragic reminders of the price of imperfection in the relentless war against chaos. The hunt for aspirants knew no bounds. Worlds near and far were scoured. And even the sacred recruiting grounds of other Astartes chapters were not immune to the Grey Knight's unyielding search. Such was their desperation, for these psychic talents were rarer than the purest gold. The toll of becoming a Grey Knight was unparalleled. It was said that for every thousand who tried, only one would see their metamorphosis to completion. And even then, survival was a term used loosely. For the chosen few, they weren't merely surviving. They were reborn, transformed into something more than human, yet burdened with a purpose so grave, it threatened to crush even their augmented spirits. The Grey Knights were few, but their worth was beyond measure, for they were the last bulwark against the Abyss. The shadow of Horus's treachery loomed large over the soul system, a storm cloud ready to unleash its fury. As the impending doom grew closer, Malkador, the Emperor's most trusted advisor, hatched a desperate gambit. With a force of will that threatened to tear his mind asunder, he weaved an intricate psychic shroud around Titan. The moon and all its secrets vanished from reality and into a hidden fold of the warp. A liminal space, unfathomable to even the most enlightened scholars, where time flowed like a capricious river, winding and unwinding upon itself. Yet for all his power, Malkador was not destined to find sanctuary on Titan. His path lay elsewhere. The Sigilite would remain on terror, standing resolute by the side of his emperor. For in the dark hours ahead, he would make the ultimate sacrifice, laying down his very life in service to the Imperium he so loved. A final act of loyalty, as poignant as it was tragic, 
The weight of a galaxy's fate rested heavily on Malkador's shoulders, and he bore it with a grace and determination that would echo through the annals of history. The pilgrimage to the monastery was a march into despair. Titan's frigid embrace was a suffocating grip. Here, amongst its bleak horizons and howling winds, the aspirants were deposited, abandoned. No shelter, no guidance, just the stark, endless expanse of a moon that cared nothing for their ambition or resolve. Yet as merciless as Titan was, it was not the treacherous environment that broke the aspirants. It was the silence, the vast, echoing stillness that gnawed at the edges of their sanity. Every step an exercise in doubt. Was there truly a sanctuary in this desolation? Or was this some cruel jest? Hope seemed to vanish, replaced by a bitter realization. This wasn't merely a test of physical endurance. It was a crucible of the soul. Scattered across the icy plains, mounds of snow would shift and billow in the winds. Beneath them lay the dreams of aspirants who had succumbed. Unseen, unheard, they became a silent testament to the heavy toll of the path to the Grey Knights. Yet for those who survived this initial trial, the true journey had only just begun. Their will was forged in the crucible of Titans in hospitality, their metal tested in the unforgiving silence of its wilderness. But the monastery's doors would only open for those truly destined to don the sacred armor of the Grey Knights. And for those who prevail, even Titan's vast desolation becomes an echoing testament to their unwavering resolve. It is said that the mind, when pushed beyond its breaking point, either shatters completely or rebuilds itself with a strength hitherto unknown. On Titan, many shattered. The vast expanse became a graveyard for dreams and aspirations, marked only by trails of footprints that ended abruptly and the macabre sight of the headless fallen. The psychic inhibitors were a cruel but necessary instrument, ensuring that the unchecked psychic powers of a faltering aspirant would not wreak havoc. For many, the hardest part wasn't the biting cold or the gnawing hunger. It was the uncertainty, the relentless repetition, never knowing if this trek might be the last or if another awaited just around the corner. Some began to question their reality, whispering to themselves about the possibility of an unending loop where each journey was just a cruel echo of the last. But those few who held on, who bested their own despair and harnessed the tempest of their psychic energies, even amidst the onslaught of Titan's icy moor, would come to embody the essence of what the Grey Knight stood for. Their minds, having been torn down and stripped to their rawest, most primal form, would be reforged in the crucible of suffering, emerging not just as psychic warriors, but as bastions of mental fortitude. These were the ones who understood, in the most visceral way possible, that the true battle wasn't against the elements or the icy expanse of Titan. It was a battle within, a trial of their very souls. The Grey Knights did not merely seek psychic might. They sought warriors who could anchor that might with an indomitable spirit. Only those who had walked the desolate paths of Titan time and time again, and emerged not just alive but unyielding, would be worthy to bear the heraldry of the Grey Knights. For within each Grey Knight, the Emperor's divine protection intermingles with the indomitable spirit of their rigorous training. Their minds, while powerful, are bound by unyielding mental chains, forged in the fires of their torturous trials on Titan. 
It is not merely their weapons and armaments that serve as a bulwark against the incursions of the warp, but their very souls. Every chant, every prayer, every gesture they make is a testament to the relentless discipline they embody. These purity wards, embossed upon their very essence, serve a dual function. Not only do they shield these warriors from the ever-lurking tendrils of chaos, but they also act as conduits, focusing their raw psychic might. The silver threads woven into their bodies aren't just mere symbols of purity, but are the nexus of their anti-demonic potency. When a Grey Knight faces a demon, it's not merely a clash of physical might, but a battle of ideologies, a collision of purity against corruption, order against anarchy. While other Astartes may hold fast against Xenos or heretical threats, the Grey Knights are the Imperium's only answer to the demonic. No other force in the galaxy can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the ruinous powers of the warp, in quite the same way. Their weapons, charged with their unyielding faith and psychic might, can rend the very essence of these otherworldly adversaries. A standard chainsword may falter against the ethereal constitution of a demon, but a Grey Knight's blade, backed by their fierce conviction and spiritual wards, pierces through to the very soul of the foe. This unique blend of faith, purity, and martial prowess does not just make them the ultimate demon hunters, but also symbols. Wherever they tread, they stand as pillars of hope against the encroaching darkness, their mere presence a testament to the Emperor's undying will to safeguard humanity. Every foe that falls beneath their blade is not just a victory for the Imperium, but a reaffirmation of mankind's resilience in the face of unfathomable horrors. In the hallowed depths of Titan, after enduring the relentless crucible of 666 rites, the Aspirant faces his most harrowing ordeal. It's not merely a test but an annihilation, an exacting, invasive purge that scours clean the very essence of one's being, memories, fears, ambitions. The cleansing is absolute. There remains no past to haunt, no ambition to be exploited, no fragile memories of childhood to sow confusion, and certainly no kin to be turned against them. After the tragedy of Horus, betrayed by the insidious whispers of chaos that preyed upon his deepest insecurities, there could be no compromise. Those who would stand against the demonic tide could afford no vulnerability. These warriors, these Grey Knights, are not just soldiers. They are the Emperor's very blade, honed to perfection. For them, glory is a distant spectre. Only duty remains. Such is their resilience and prowess, that even the newest among them is granted the honor of a full power suit, skipping the traditional scouting phase. For this rare breed of Astartes has already proven, against insurmountable odds, their worthiness to stand shoulder to shoulder with their battle brothers in the eternal war against the Dark Gods. Amidst the turbulent currents of the warp, Titan re-entered reality with an otherworldly grace. Its reappearance was marked by the shimmering curtain of energy fading from around the moon, revealing its surface once more. The distortion of time within the warp left a chasm between Titan's reality and the galaxies. Decades had passed in the merest of moments, and now Titan emerged with its phalanx of champions, those that remained of the aspirants, ready to act as the new vanguard against the seeping corruption of chaos. Their armor gleamed with a stark purity that contrasted with the dark and tumultuous times. They were no mere soldiers, they were the living embodiment of the Emperor's wrath against the twisted malevolence of the Warp. 
Operating in tandem with the fledgling Inquisition, these knights were the bulwark against the shadows. Their psychic abilities were unparalleled, a beacon of hope in the mind's battlefield. Each gaze they cast into the warp was done with precision, their souls shielded from the corruption that sought to ensnare lesser beings. Their modus operandi was shadow and silence. When the hellscape of chaos threatened to engulf a world, they emerged from the void. Their battles fought with such rapidity and secrecy that they became legends, phantoms whispered about in the dark. To the wider Imperium, their existence was the stuff of myths, tales told to comfort the fearful, yet too incredible to be believed. The few Astartes from other chapters who encountered these ghostly warriors and lived would find their memories blurred, their experiences clouded. Only a select few, those deemed trustworthy enough, were permitted the weighty honor of retaining knowledge of the Grey Knights. To the masses, they were an unsung enigma, their battles unknown, their sacrifices unseen, and their legacy a silent promise. Wherever darkness tread, they would be its reckoning. Before we finish this Tales from the Warp, please consider joining our Patreon and receive your monthly gifts. From artwork to full illustrated lore guides, every tier shall receive. The psychic might of the Grey Knights was a phenomenon that defied comprehension. Drawing parallels with the gestalt psychic energy of the Orcs, these stalwart knights could amplify their collective power to awe-inspiring levels. Together they became a symphony of force, every note struck in harmony, resonating with a force that could shear the bonds that tethered a demon to its malignant patron, or set ablaze the very air, burning away all vestiges of corruption. This unity of purpose, this congruence of thought, was a sight to behold. When channeled in unison, it was said that they could tear asunder the very weave of the cosmos, a maelstrom of force that reduced all to nothingness. And yet despite wielding such overwhelming power, their souls remained unblemished, a testament to their unwavering dedication and the Emperor's protective might. However, this purity was a point of contention. The ever-watchful eye of the Inquisition, knowing the corrupting allure of the warp all too well, often regarded such claims with suspicion. Within their enigmatic order, they organized themselves meticulously. Companies of a hundred, further broken down into squads of ten. These squads, each honing distinct psychic disciplines, were a marvel of synergy. Like finely crafted gears in an intricate machine, they moved and thought as one, turning their collective power into a finely tuned blade of psychic devastation. At the helm of each of these squads was the Justica, the Anchor, the Guiding Hand. Veterans of countless battles against the ruinous powers, these paragons exemplified the virtues of the Grey Knights. Their task was monumental. They had to channel the psychic maelstrom of their brothers, harnessing its raw fury and shape it into a weapon of precision. Every whisper of thought, every nuance of intention had to be accounted for and directed. To be a Justica was to bear the weight of the world, to stand resolute in the face of unimaginable power and responsibility. On the field of battle, they were legends incarnate, beacons of hope, whose tales would be told in hushed reverence amongst their brethren. In the dark and uncertain vastness of the galaxy, amidst countless threats, there stood a bulwark, the Grey Knights. To describe them as merely well-equipped would be an understatement of the highest order. Thanks to their privileged ties with Mars, the heart of the Adeptus Mechanicus, 
These warriors bore armor and weaponry the likes of which few in the Imperium had ever seen. Not just blessed with superior tech, each piece of their armament was intricately tailored to their singular purpose, to be the nemesis of chaos. The Terminator armor, a symbol of might and prestige amongst the Astartes, was plentiful within their armory. But this was no ordinary Terminator suit. Crafted to complement the unique capabilities of the Grey Knights, it was agile, streamlined, and offered an unparalleled melding of defense and mobility. Gone were the encumbering weapon attachments, instead leaving the hands free to masterfully wield the devastating Nemesis Force weapons. These two-handed masterpieces were more than mere blades. They were anathema to the denizens of the warp. A single sweep could sever the ethereal chains binding a demon or cleave through the thickest of demon-forged armors. Adding to their formidable arsenal was the wrist-mounted Stormbolter. No longer did they have to compromise between blade and bolt. With a swift gesture, they could unleash a hailstorm of sanctified rounds, even as their nemesis weapons danced a deadly ballet. But equipment alone wasn't what made the Grey Knights the apex predators of the warp touched. It was their tactics, their unyielding resolve. The strike squads exemplified this. They were the vanguard, the first to face the encroaching tendrils of chaos. When the very fabric of reality began to fray, hinting at an imminent demonic incursion, these squads were already there. Rapid deployment, precise strikes, and an unyielding defense were their hallmarks. Before the rest of the Imperium could even comprehend the threat, the strike squads would have purged the taint, standing defiant amidst the ashes, waiting for reinforcements, their positions unyielding come what may. In the shadowed and arcane echelons of the Grey Knights, there exist legends within legends. Among these, the Purifiers stand as a beacon of hope against the abyssal threat of chaos. Such is their innate power that they are the very anathema to demonic entities. Their mere presence on the battlefield is like the dawn's first light piercing through the darkest night. Demons, those creatures of pure warp energy and malevolent intent, find it unbearable. Where a purifier steps, fire follows. Not just any fire, but a sacred inferno. A blaze that does not just consume, but purifies. But power isn't the only path to reverence. In a chapter where every brother is a psychic titan, there are those whose feats of courage, skill, and indomitable spirit transcend even their inherent psychic might. The paladins are such beings. Cloaked in mystery and ancient rites, these elite warriors undergo trials that would be deemed impossible by even their Astartes brethren. The eight sacred quests of the paladins are whispered about in hushed tones, their details obscured by time and secrecy. Whether symbolic representations of spiritual journeys or very real challenges against the foulest of Chaos's minions, the quests are designed to test the very soul of the Aspirant. To face a demon prince, stripped of armor, with only faith and skill as allies, speaks of a bravery that few can comprehend. Such quests are more than just trials, they are a metamorphosis. The honor that comes with such feats is not just in tales sung by chapter serfs or in the annals of the chapter's history. It manifests in their new roles, to guard the Grand Master of the Grey Knights, one must be the epitome of loyalty, skill, and power. But equally vital, perhaps even more so, is the duty to protect the Apothecaries. In the brutal warfare of the 41st millennium, the Apothecaries are not just healers, but the conservators of the future, ensuring the continuity of their chapter by safeguarding the invaluable Gene Seed.
For a paladin, this duty is a sacred trust, a testament to their unmatched valor and unwavering duty. In the infinite expanse of the galaxy, amidst the countless stars and countless threats, stand the Grey Knights, the last bastion against a darkness that threatens to engulf all of creation. Birthed in secrecy, honed by sacrifice, and undying in their resolve, they are more than just warriors. They are the very manifestation of the Emperor's will against the malevolence of the warp. In the hallowed halls of Titan, stories untold resonate in silence. Each night, an epitome of humanity's potential carries a legacy bathed in the blood of demons and underpinned by unimaginable sacrifice. Their adornments, not mere ornaments, but chronicles of valiant stands and fallen brothers, and yet the galaxy at large knows not their name, their deeds sung only in the silent void and within the confines of their fortress monastery. Bound by 666 rituals, armored in faith and wielding powers that could tear asunder reality, they remain incorruptible. Their purity, not just of body but of soul, is their greatest weapon. For in a universe where truth is malleable and reality can be twisted by the whims of the warp, the Grey Knights stand unyielding. Their very existence is a testament to mankind's defiance against chaos. In the end, when histories are written and tales are told, the Grey Knights may remain but a whisper, a myth. But in the shadowed recesses of the warp, their name is a curse, a beacon of hope for humanity, and a clarion call of doom for the demonic. They are the silent guardians, the watchers in the void, the last line etched in the sand against an ever-encroaching darkness. And as the galaxy burns, they stand unbroken and eternal, a silvered shield against the night. Thank you.